हेलो 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 वेलकम टू अ ब्रांड न्यू एपिसोड ऑफ अब आगे क्या द पॉडकास्ट पे वी लुक टू आंसर द मोस्ट इंस्पायरिंग क्वेश्चन व्हिच इज व्हाट नेक्स्ट या अब आगे क्या तो उज्जवल मेरे भाई हु डू वी हैव विद अस टुडे हेलो एवरीवन टुडे वी हैव सिद्धार्थ झा विद अस सो सिद्धार्थ इज एन इंडिपेंडेंट फिल्म मेकर इन फिलाडेल्फिया राइट नाउ एंड दैट साउंड्स टोटली कूल सिद्धार्थ सो व्हाट्स अप हाउ आर यू व्हाट गोइंग ऑन राइट नाउ Hello, how's it going? I'm Sadat. Uh, there's nothing going on really, you know. The pandemic is going on pretty much. Yeah. Um <laughs> uh yeah, like I'm I'm based in Philadelphia right now. I'm uh, I graduated last year from college and I've been mm. working here for the past year and a half. Yeah. Um but yeah, like excited to be on here. Thank you for having me. Thanks a lot Sadat. Thanks thanks for being here. So Ujwal. Yes. Without further ado, Hmm. Wait, 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 wait! You can't go ahead without the format. I have yeah. to tell the format. Hmm. So, Siddharth, even if you know, I have to tell you because it's our company policy that we tell format first. Hmm. So, okay. our format is: we basically start off with your childhood, talk about things you did as a kid, all the musty you did, whatever you did, and how those things led up to you being you today, and what you do currently, and what a day in your life is like. All right? Sounds good. Okay. Yeah. फुटबॉलिकेटमिंटनिकेटी I picked up skating for a while and like my my dad was in the army so we were always traveling around you know just uh, every two years or so I I was always just coming up with new things to make my parents buy me uh, you know like a skateboard <laughs> or uh, you know a cricket bat pads all that kind of stuff yeah. um I kind of picked it up from my dad because he was also like he was a, he used to be a cricketer he used to play for like this like his state and everything oh um, nice but yeah like after that like can we have your dad's contact for the next episode i'm <laughs> 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 oh he he i'm sure he will enjoy it this so much like <laughs> he will, he could keep talking for an hour about that kind of stuff as was okay so um, yeah usual this is a very common scheme right that we see with people especially from the army background e sports is a very important thing mm. i feel Yeah, I think it somehow teaches like you know trying out new things and all not being afraid of you know sometimes losing uh, a game. I think that kind of scales up later. Yeah, yeah. Talking to people, yeah. you know, trying to yeah, strategize sure. and all all those things. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting thing that we just figured out on our own. Man, we are smart people. <laughs> uh no no we aren't uh, so <laughs> so siddharth uh yeah this was like early childhood and like the formative years sort of thing and then 11th and 12th you were uh, in delhi uh, as far as i know so uh, what was the decision there like art science commerce kya what did you take and why did you take that so around 9th i think it was 9th yeah so my parents were like they'd always envisioned ki you know i would be an engineer okay and uh they they may, they they you don't relate lightly what is engineer <laughs> yeah <laughs> they they very politely had uh, signed me up to take the the vidya mandir entrance course 
and this uh, was in in ninth. So they 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 were expecting me to join in tenth. Mm, you know, uh, yeah. technically at that time a year early. I mean, up to you know, you can just start at in sixth, seventh, whatever. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> at that time, it was uh, like no one I know had started coaching. But I was also like, uh, I was kind of like a very mellowed out kind of kid. I didn't really care about things, so I was just like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll do it. You know, all Carnego care like me. So they signed me up for that, uh, and I uh, passed, and I got signed up for Vidya Mandir. So I, you know, I took, uh, I decided to go for science in 11th. Yeah, I, oh, I took okay. the entrance exam for uh, uh, DPS Vasant Kunj as well. And I joined DPS Vasant oh. Kunj. Oh. Uh, you know, six sections of just science people, you know. Just <laughs> oh my God. Competitive. <laughs> yeah. Like, competitive all around, you know. I, yeah. And, you know, once I was in like around the end of 11th, beginning of 12th, I was starting to just crack under the pressure. Mm-hmm. So uh, I had to kind of evaluate what I was going to do. You know, I I, I thought to, it's not it's not worth you know doing any of this if I don't like doing it. And uh, it took me a while to decide to go towards the direction of film because I had never done any photography. I all I'd done is just watch movies growing up. Yeah, like yeah. I I would torrent like like hours and hours of films. Like I have so much stuff still in my hard drive that I used to watch. Um, but yeah, that kind of led me to that decision later on in 12th. Oh. Ooh. Awesome. So, so you, you never gave the entrance test for any of the engineering stuff then? The uh, colleges? I don't know if it's, uh, uh, it, this is, this is a pretty funny story. I, on the day, uh, I, I signed up for the, the IIT exam. I had already been accepted to the college I went to at that time. I'd gotten, uh, like I, everything was finalized. But uh, my parents and my mom was still like, you know, just take the exam, you know, you know just take the risk. And I was like, okay, I can do that. And I completely forgot the date. And the day I woke, like, uh, the night before the exam, I didn't know it was the night before the exam. I got high with my friends. Okay. <laughs> and we woke up the next day and and my friend was like, Aj, IIT ke exam, you know, IIT ke exam. <laughs> I did not give that exam. <laughs> <laughs> okay. no, I think that's so cool, right? Like, uh, that that's that's a we've had like eight people on here, but never that kind of story. So thank you for that. <laughs> people, we have had one guy who forgot to give one of the papers. Yeah, but Out but of the not. Two. Yeah, not the complete thing. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Coming back to the film thing that, uh, uh, so when you thought that, you know, like, okay, this engineering apne liye nahi hai. So like, what, yeah. what was that conversation like with your parents? Ke ab mere se ye nahi ho ra, or whatever. It was a very gradual thing. Uh, shuru mein, uh, I, I kind of let them on a little bit, uh, because uh, around 11th, around they, they were under the impression, you know, ki, chalo, he wants to work in computer science in like a creative way he wants to work maybe in animation or something like that you know it, it's kind of like parents thinking because it's technology right yeah initially it was kind of like that you know you know that i want to work in animation this was a very sudden thing in in around 12th we discussed that engineering college so you know i i should apply abroad and my parents like we don't come from a lot of money my dad was in the army so it wasn't something where you know 
I could just pay the $60,000 a year tuition to go anywhere I want. So I basically said that if you get a scholarship, I'll figure something out in India, obviously. And I eventually, like when I was applying for colleges, I was applying as game design or animation. Uh, when I did the early application stuff. And then I, I, I was kind of like, I don't even like computer science. Like I literally <laughs> don't, I hate coding so much. Okay. <laughs> like, I was just thinking, why am I still doing something I don't think I like? So I, I, yeah. I just thought, you know, it, it was just with my mom, it was kind of like she saw that she she knew that I didn't want to do this. So so she was just like, you know, what, what do you want to do? So I was like, I want I want to do film. I want to just, you know, just do this. I want to like work in camera or something like that, you know, like just not this. And she she yeah. was like okay sure again you know again if you get a scholarship we don't care you know it's 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 yeah. like you know we'll just be paying for you to live there so i ended up getting that but the college i got accepted to that i got like the most money out of was for game design okay <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so i had to like email them call them and be like hey I, I can i switch my major without losing all this money that you're offering me and they're like yeah sure can we because oh. the college I got accepted to, I went to Drexel University uh, okay. in Philadelphia, okay. and they're like in the top ten in the country for game design, and that's why I applied because I thought I would be doing game design. Oh. And okay. I switched to a film program I didn't know anything about. <laughs> Can you enlighten us a little about this uh, process of applying for scholarships? Our listeners might be interested to know. It depends on if you're applying as an undergrad or a grad. With undergrad, it it is kind of like. You know, lying on uh, abroad, there's like a portal for, for the U.S. It's, yeah. I forget what it's called, uh, but in that portal itself, there is like a form which you fill out, which is like okay. the financial aid form. So you specify okay. that this is the amount of money you'll be getting from, you know, your parents or whatever kind of support you have. Uh, this yeah. is their income. This like so It's like a lot of in-depth financial detail that you have to kind of give. Um, okay. But usually if colleges like you, they will... Uh, sometimes in their applications themselves, they might have like forms for financial aid. Yeah. So there's like different yeah. ways when it comes to undergrad, but uh, there's no like external. So there's not a lot of external sources for uh, scholarships. Usually they're reserved for like, like masters or, you know, PhD, that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, I ended up getting like a one, one was a scholarship, one was called a grant, whatever. Uh, okay. So one was like a merit scholarship or whatever based on if I can maintain my GPA and the other was just like, I don't know who gave me that money, but someone did. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, did that, I don't know. Uh, it, it, was, it was some foundation, I guess. Okay. <laughs> but it was through the university. So, you know, it's all just. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter how it comes, right? Like, yeah, exactly. uh, saving money. Uh, so, this college, Drexler University, right? What was the name of the course that you did there? It was film and video. Okay. They called it. So but now they changed it to film and television. But okay. Yeah. So this film and video course, so how long is the course? How many years? It was four years. Okay. So four years. Uh, so what are some of the, like, the highlights of the course? Like, what do they teach there? So Drexel is kind of uh, known for at least around Philadelphia, like the Philadelphia uh, film industry scene is like starting to grow a lot. And Drexel is known for, uh, for being like a sort of very production heavy, like on set kind of school where you're taught 
a lot of like technical courses like you know there's you start out with like basics of like camera basics of sound basics of lighting basics of, like yeah. all sorts of these like basic classes in the beginning it's very like gear oriented you know you learn to use gear to like your advantage you know do like specific assignments that sort of stuff and after that you know they they have the same intermediate courses and at that point you start to like choose what kind of technical areas you want to work towards like there's you know color correction courses there's advanced like sound courses like scoring a film editing editing trailers specifically directing so it's pretty much like on you to kind of decide like what sort of like area you want to work towards the last two years are essentially making two films the first year it's like uh, everyone votes on the specific roles everyone will get on like four films and the la- and then the last year basically you can do whatever you want oh okay so there are internships uh, in between the program uh, i'm sure there so, must be yeah th- with drexel it's specifically called like a co-op system okay uh, so for usually for stem uh, degrees it's it's a five year course and there's three co-ops so it's essentially like you're working full time for six month periods three times Okay and that's why it kind of stretches to 5 years cuz usually a course would be four. So yeah. with film there's only one co-op so I was uh, and then there's also an internship program in LA. And sometimes you can if your schedule aligns you can kind of do the internship in LA and have the co-op for 6 oh. months. So it's okay. essentially 9 months of full-time work. Oh. So yeah with that I was able to do that. Okay. Uh, While well, I was in Los Angeles. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about this uh, internship that you did in LA. What what company was it and like what did it do? I worked for IM Global. At the time it was called IM Global. Uh IM Global is kind of like uh, at the time it was a distribution and marketing company. So their kind of aim was, you know, they find films and they kind of sell them in the international market pre-sell okay. pre pre-sales. So it's, it's essentially kind of like you know when you're trying to fund a film especially like a film that's not you know your disney or fox or big studio movie okay. you're you're yeah. trying to like gather capital to be able to do the production so you can you know get the movie out yeah so doing like a small film internationally essentially means you go to these theater chains you go to like different companies and you sell the movie before it's even made oh, oh. like you get a certain amount of money before it's even made okay. so like you pitch it in a sense so so that you can get that money to be able to do it like Mel Gibson uh, had a movie called Hacksaw around like 2017 and you know he didn't have a lot of money like he didn't wasn't getting a lot of money so Iron Global essentially acquired like the distribution rights to it and they sold it across you know Europe and Asia and they were able to get a lot of money and then the movie was a hit so you know they made money on that uh they also did the same with silence by uh, martin scorsese and i think i heard done, like a bunch of films yeah. yeah and then they like while i was there they were kind of trying to expand into a production company like doing their own films buying like y- you know scripts that kind of stuff uh and they kind of acquired another company and they became global road that was the name and for like the first half of it i was kind of doing like uh international uh, market research that sort of stuff like making like excel sheets sometimes uh doing like data collection data entry sometimes 
Um, and then towards like the last half of my job there, my title was unscripted television intern, right? And uh, what I was doing there was uh, I was doing a lot of, again, like market research for like ideas that were coming in. But then I, also every week I got a chance to kind of pitch like four to five ideas to my boss, which was great. Like, you know, you just bring up any game show ideas you have, any kind of fun, you know, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, you can come up with the, the basically Bakchodi, like uh, none of my ideas got picked up. Yeah, that's what was my next question. That Did anything get made that we can actually no. see somewhere? No, no, no they, they were all very kind of like risk averse people. They, they don't really take any risk. The company uh, ultimately like uh, because it was a bad idea to kind of expand like that, like this fast. The company uh, went bankrupt. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, yeah, uh, technically the, the film side, the, the unscripted side is still functioning somehow. Completely independent of all of this mess. But essentially the uh, the like film side of the company is dead. Oh, that's strange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like within a year after I left. Not that I was keeping it afloat myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was pretty interesting because they they had pretty big people working for them for them. Like they, I worked kind of uh, like I worked under Phil Gurren, who's like the executive producer of like big shows here, like Shark Tank. If you've heard of that, yeah, dude. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, you've heard of Shark Tank. <laughs> like he he he's like one of the creators of Shark Tank. Like mm. it was a pretty yeah. like he like there were a lot of like powerful people working for that company. Oh, and, <laughs> and it all so went the, down. Inspiring everyone to take new jobs. Yeah, we'll we'll send them the podcast. We'll send them the podcast. Maybe they want to be a scuba diving instructor or something. <laughs> I'll explain what our thing looks like. Our thing basically is last year, companies come. They say, beta, this is the profile we are offering. We say, take us. They take us. We get jobs. So the yeah. last year of our college, we have jobs in corporates. And that's where we go yeah. after college. So yeah. I want to know how, how this fair works. Are there people coming in or do you apply or do you go, it, do people go independent usually? How do they do it? So with, when it comes to placements and such, uh, like most placements take place in STEM. Um, yeah. And there's not, they're not really placements even because usually like most of the people I know from STEM that went to Drexel were because they're co-ops. Uh, were able to survive as a company afterwards and they made a good impression cool. they, get, they got hired by the co-ops or okay. you know they, they were able to like uh, there, there were career there, there would be career fairs and everything you know you, you suit up you go to like an auditorium there's a bunch of just stalls and everything you go talk to the people none of those companies were really like in any oh. way related to film um, because I, I was like I thought you know why not just go to one and like there was nothing there for anyone okay. like, in my field. So okay. essentially with uh, this kind of stuff, it's like ideally like if I was, let's say from the US, it would be yeah. a lot easier for me if I had just skipped college and just oh. started working on film sets uh, as yeah. as a sort of like, like begin as an intern or something like that. Because yeah. eventually like all the things you learn are things that you can kind of learn on a sh on a film set itself or mm. you can learn on the internet like pretty much all education in film is possible on the internet uh, as unfortunate as it is <laughs> for people who went to college <laughs> um, 
with stuff that's happening around here, you need to know like certain people mm. to be able to like get work. Uh, I was I was lucky because some of my friends uh, were able to. I I couldn't have worked like a freelance when I was going to college because that would have uh, you know not okay. I couldn't do that with my visa. Yeah. But the people there there were a lot of people who had started working already like freelance while we were in in college. So okay. uh, they were able to kind of build a network with people uh, and get hired for jobs all the time. Like my friend. Uh, he worked as a and as an assistant camera, you know, pulling focus and all that stuff. And okay. he he was working like pretty much full time, like the last six to eight months before college. Basically, he was skipping oh. classes all the time. Like he was he, he okay. was like pretty much set for life <laughs> at that point. <laughs> so uh, you know, there, there's like it was through like him and like a couple of other people that I knew from college who. You know, I like because you're working with these people on their shoots, like their like personal shoots all the time. You're able to kind of make that impression on them that, you know, you're capable of doing things. So that's the one thing that college is useful for. You kind of if you don't know that many people, you can kind of meet these people Then you can build a network. But I got out of college, you know, you get one year, like 12 months of like full time work that you can do in the U.S., so in in that like twelve month span before the pandemic hit, I I was working on like film shoots all the time. I was working on commercials, music videos. It's pretty much like who I like whoever I've worked with in the past will hit me up and ask, "Hey, are you available these days?" You know that kind of stuff. Cool. Sounds sounds awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, looking back, like as an international student, if you want to do film and. Uh, stuff like that in the US then what would be the better way should uh, should you go to college for four years or should you choose a shorter course or how to go about it I think the best way to go about it is really 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 evaluate what you're going to do first like because you have to understand that like if you're going to be spending like let's say if you don't get a scholarship still want to go to college you're going to be spending a lot of money to go here. It might not be worth doing that because of how expensive it is, because it doesn't guarantee you work in any way, especially knowing now that, you know, like things might get like worse due to the pandemic and all that stuff. Uh, And scarce because uh, now like people are hiring fewer people per set because of these issues. And, you you have to understand that this lifestyle might not be for everyone. It might not even be for me sometimes uh, because okay. uh, you're kind of working 12 to 16 to maybe even like 18 hours a day for like sometimes like a few months, oh. depending on what shoot you're on. Like it is very intense to work on this kind of stuff. And I work as I began work as a PA, as a production assistant. And like my pay was fine. And with overtime, it was great because of how much overtime I was getting every like single day. But uh, like the mental toll that it takes to work on something like that isn't like you have to really, truly believe in yourself to succeed after after, like, you know, a while. Like you have to know that you want to do this. So first step, you have to kind of evaluate that. But I honestly would I would say that it's okay. worth doing a master's rather than oh. uh, doing a bachelor's. Like, it, let's say you do a bachelor's in like anything else that you think you might like, something ideally mm. that might definitely get you a job, and then 
After that, if you're really interested in doing it, a master's works because you only really need college for film for two years and a master's is more kind of concentrated. So you can kind of choose what you want to do and really hone in on that. And you're kind of given more resources. You're, you can spend less money. You can, you're, you have more scholarships available to you. So it's definitely worth doing oh. a master's more. Yep. That's what I would say, especially if you want to come to the US and, and do that. And and most colleges like have master's programs, like rather than undergrad programs. So, uh, Siddharth, recently, what are some of the things that you've worked upon, maybe before the pandemic or some some of the cool stuff that you've done that like you were like, Aray, karke maza gaya. Uh, maza is a strong word, but uh, sense yes, of fulfillment yes. you can say sometimes, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, last time, so the last job I did was uh, July going into August because after that my work piece expired. So the last time I was able, to, uh, I was I worked on a set was it was right after kind of like the middle part of the pandemic where things were slowing down. I worked on a music video for uh, M Night Shyamalan. Uh, oh, you know he made Sixth Sense. Ooh. Yeah, I I worked on a music video that he was producing. It was for uh, the the artist was his daughter. Uh, like okay. the, the songs from his daughter. I'd actually worked on the same, like not the same, but like a different music video for him, for his daughter. Like I'd worked on a yes. sim- like a similar situation last year in December. And so, yeah, this was kind of a week long, week and a half long shoot. Uh, I was on for a week and a half because there was a lot of prep to be done. Uh, so the video itself was pretty cool. Like the, there were a lot of like cool people kind of attached to the project. The, producer I was working with was she was the production manager on like some David Fincher films like Seven with Brad Pitt Ooh. and uh, she she was she's done a lot of stuff she's yeah. she's had an intense intense career like really like way too much stuff and okay uh, it, it was very weird because like everyone obviously is wearing masks and you know kind of trying to maintain distance but it was also sort of like you can't really protect people like that because you, you're so close to them all the time. Mm. And the, even like the, it was all divided into kind of three sections. Like I wasn't supposed to be going to like a different section while I was working. Like my area was essentially the sort of like office stuff, like, you know, like doing all the paperwork, like getting all the paperwork, like from people, like that sort of stuff. But I had to keep going towards like, like I had to keep breaking pr- protocol to do my job for them. Okay. And everyone was tested, obviously, but like, you know, you can't really yeah. guarantee the safety of people, but it, it was a pretty interesting look at what uh, things are looking like in the film industry, because I know there's a much bigger shoot happening right now in Philadelphia right now. Uh, it's not right now. It actually just finished uh, with Adam Sandler and, it's a Netflix uh, movie. It has like some ba- basketball players as well. My friend was on it. I was asked to be on it. I couldn't be because, you know, my visa situation. But it, it was shooting for three months. And like somehow there were no cases of COVID. Okay. Mm. And for three months. And they had about 150 people on that show. Oh, Easy. wow. Like the, this, this was a big big uh, like shoot like because like the people i worked with there were at most like 20 people on set and 20 people are much easier to maintain than 150 like Mm. those those people were getting tested every day oh my god (laughs) 
but yeah, before pandemic was a was a lot better. I, I worked on I worked on an HBO show called uh, Mayor, Mayor of Easttown. It's it's coming out next year or the year after, I think, with Kate Winslet and uh, some other actors. I don't remember who was who else was on. Actually, I interviewed for that job and I didn't get it initially. And oh. I was very disappointed because, I mean, this was like coming right out of college. Like I had interviewed for that position and this is something that needs experience. So it was very understandable. Okay, they said no. I was surprised they even like considered me. Like they even asked mm. me to come in. <laughs> and like about like five days into the show, they had uh, like someone back out. They called me in the morning at 10 a.m. I think they woke me up. Like one of the people woke yeah. me up and asked me, "Hey, can you come in today in in about an hour and a half? Uh, can you drive in? Uh, we lost one of our PAs, <laughs> like, and we need someone for yeah. like the week." And I said, oh, "Okay, sure, yeah, yeah, whatever, right?" <laughs> <laughs> the drive itself, the drive itself was an hour away, hour and a half, like yeah, an hour away. Like I, I, I yeah. just got up, I, I got ready, and I went to the job and. It was one of the longest days I've ever worked. It was 18 hours. It was the winter. Oh, uh, my God. I think it was minus 10 degrees outside. And oh. we worked till okay. 3 a.m. Like, we, we worked till 3 a.m. When I got into my car, I just turned up the heat and I just sat there for a little bit, just trying to, <laughs> you know, before I was going to drive home, like, try not yeah, to die. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Sorry. I, I've had a lot of those moments on set. <laughs> <laughs> So what's some of the work like uh, that you do? Uh, you talked about some of the paperwork uh, that you had to keep running for the M. Night Shyamalan one. But what other kind yeah. of stuff do you have to do uh, when you're in set? It's very uh, kind of varied for different jobs. Usually for something like like HBO job, right? That's that's a big production. That's We're talking about like, you know, like 100 to 200 people, like all doing specialized tasks and everything. So with that, I I don't touch paperwork that's a union show like i'm not even supposed to like touch certain things like oh. i can't touch a light i can't touch what i'm supposed to do is listen to what i'm being told to do <laughs> oh. so, <laughs> <laughs> um essentially uh as in that kind of show you're sometimes doing lockups which is you know if they're shooting on a street which is the show is primarily based outside so they're shooting on the street all yeah. the time so uh, I'm essentially sometimes I'm at a corner trying to prevent people from the outside oh. coming in. Oh, um, like when when we're filming, like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you wait for five minutes? You know, after that you can pass yeah, whatever yeah. that kind of stuff. Sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's if there's a lot of background involved and you know it's a wide shot. Sometimes you need the background to get cues from people hiding somewhere. So okay. uh, you know, I, I'm I'm going to be on the walk and. When I'm on the walkie, you know, I, I like, I'll have the background also have a walkie or whatever. And then I'll go, Hey, they're shooting right now. I, you, you're going in one, two, and you know, like that sort of stuff. Oh, and it's kind of like, you know, there's a lot of variety of things you can do, but when it comes to like bigger shows, it's less and less because on bigger shows, sometimes I'm handling lights. Sometimes I'm even setting up lights for people, you know, like. Mm-hmm. On like a lot like smaller like even even like a music video I like I, I would be doing a lot more things sometimes I'm you know when it comes to paperwork I'm usually like handing them paperwork collecting it seeing if they did yeah. things right and yeah. just handing it off to the producer 
you know, sometimes you're sometimes you're asked to even do sound like that sort of stuff. Like, you know, if if someone's mixing and they need like a boom operator, yeah, you know, I might be doing that, uh, like holding the shotgun microphone, like that sort of stuff. Uh, Ideally, people shouldn't do that. Like, like production assistants shouldn't do that because that's you know that means you should be getting paid more. (laughs) But you know, but like it's very circumstantial. Like, you know, if it's like a small shoot, I if I know the people really well and I'm just kind of like you know, just messing around, then yeah, sure, I'll do it. But, yeah. you know, if they ever ask you on bigger show, shows, just say no. Like, you're supposed oh. to say no to that. Oh. Yeah. Got and they will never ask you, but if they do, by any chance. Yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. interesting. Ujwal, have, did you ever, matlab, we've already, we've always seen that there are so many people in the background, but whenever you think of a film, you think of actors, director, Max, you think of the boom guy standing over there because... We've seen ki kai baar wo boom aa jata hai short pe and then you're editing yeah. it out or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Is there so many people? When you think now? about shows from HBO like Game of Thrones for example. Jab uska making way dikha de, so many people behind the shot. It's very crazy how all of that is coordinated. Yeah. I also had two more questions about this process. So one is uh, mm-hmm. how do you come to know that these uh, job this job opening for this or such and such shoot is happening and they might be requiring this and what is the interview like is it just the past experience or do you have contacts that's why uh, the interview process happens how does that go so usually when like when bigger shows are coming into down into philadelphia they will yeah. there's like a website called film.org they will post there you know there's okay. or film.org is like the film office of philadelphia so sometimes they put out ads or put out like on their website, like this show is coming to town and they're hiring. So you kind of get an email, you can like send them your resume, that sort of stuff. But uh, the best way to get hired usually is through Connect. Um, okay. With interviews, I've only really been interviewed twice ever because usually people will call me, ask me, are you available on this day? Yeah. And what's your experience like? And if I tell them I have worked on this, 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 they will go, okay, you're hired. You're coming in tomorrow or coming in whatever day. Okay. So, um, and sometimes, you know, if I have a working relationship with the producer, like the, usually the person hire me, hiring me is uh, the production coordinator or the assistant director or the, uh, the key PA, the key production assistant, or there's like four or five different positions that might hit me up, uh, depending on the size of the shoot, obviously. Once they're signed on to produce something, you know, once they're kind of getting closer to the shoot date is when they start looking for PAs. So, you know, they have like, you know, people on their mind who they know, okay, Siddharth was really good in that one show. Like when I worked with him last month, he should be my key PA or he should be my PA. So I will call him, ask about his availability. Um, So majority of my work is through people I already have worked with hitting me up again mm-hmm. and sometimes i will and most of the times i manage to build new relationships it's through let's say one of my friends has to back out one of, okay. one of the people who i work with has to back out and they need a replacement to come in they will refer yeah. them to me and then i work with okay. them and then i make a good impression on them and they go okay i'll hire you next time as well you know yeah, yeah. oh nice makes sense yeah it's it's you know it's the gig economy pretty much like any kind of like art yeah related freelance work is just that you know mm-hmm. word of mouth 
Yeah, but it seems a little scary as well, right? The uncertainty. Yeah, like the first when I first like was able to work, I didn't even work for two, three weeks, maybe even a month. I think because I wasn't able to find anything because you know most of my experience was on student film sets. Okay. I worked a couple of jobs under the table, and even that wasn't enough because it it had been such a long time. It, when it comes to working on these kinds of stuff, you have to stay fresh on people's minds to be okay. able to get the jobs. Um, because if I don't work with a producer for more than like three months, they will forget who I am. Or they, I mean, they'll remember who I am, but I wouldn't be the first name on their mind. The first name yeah. on their mind is going to be the person they worked with last week. You know, yeah. uh, so uh, essentially, yeah, it's it's very scary. But uh, you know, you once you get into a position of being hired. Like you pretty much get hired all the time. Oh, like, like I I still get calls even though I've said no to jobs for the past two months. Oh, like so it's like once you get into the yeah. flow of things, then it's easier to get stuff because yeah. people are uh, people know you and so they're that's why they yeah. call you up. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm familiar with pretty much like I'd say about seventy percent of like the the scene in here. Like I. I know like pretty much 70 percent of the people working in the industry in philadelphia at this point okay yeah if you could recommend something to someone who wants to do uh filmmaking or comes uh, wants yeah. to come into the film line what would you do if they are like not in college yet they're still in their 11th and 12th and they're thinking of this mm. yeah it's i i would say key, you know always keep your mind open to you know, in film, there's so many jobs and there's so many well-paying jobs. Okay, you don't need to be a director. And, you know, if you if you feel that, you know, once you go to college, you kind of are exposed to like different areas and everything. So it's definitely worth trying out just, you know, anything other than like what you kind of came in with the idea of. Like, yeah. let's say I want to be, I want to be a director and I go to film school. You, you don't have to just take directing courses and you know be the be a director you can try other things because uh, you know my one of my like best friends who's working in camera he was the guy i mentioned earlier he started out he came into college and he wanted to work in camera as in he wanted to be a cinematographer like he wanted to you know like shoot and by like the end of like our second or third year he when he was working as an assistant camera he said I don't want to work as a cinematographer ever. I want to work as an assistant camera <laughs> or a loader or, you know, yeah. just because, you know, he gets paid a lot of money. He gets paid like an insane amount of money to do the things he does. He's in the union. Within a year of yeah. leaving like college, he was in the union, like, okay. which is like really hard to do. And, you know, he's okay. getting paid a lot of money to do what he does. And he's like pretty happy with that. He like yeah. being a cinematographer means, you know, you're, expending all of your energy creatively like all the time you're for some people it's like worth it but you know sometimes it's just not so you have to be open to change like that's the number one thing because you know like if you if you want to be a director you kind of need to have that you need to know that you want to be a director to like go down this right. path yeah, yeah, yeah um like i know that i want to direct right so i my aim is I earn money doing this thing so I can do my own things right now. So some, later on, someone will pay me to do these things to to direct. 
you know, right now my aim is to get into festivals to get in like, just to get like in general, like noticed by people around so I can kind of later on, like probably like five, six years from now, actually get paid for this stuff. Okay. So that's the number one thing being open to change. I think after that comes, you know, preparing yourself for the like adversity of working up to like 18 hours a day for, you know, months. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. just knowing that. And then after that comes being able to take shit from people all the time. Okay. Uh, You're going to be like put in positions where you're not, it's not your fault, but you will be blamed for things. And Mm -hmm. you kind of just have to like take it on the chin, move on. Yeah. You you can't really do anything. You will get fired if you do something. (laughs) Sometimes, (laughs) sometimes it's, it's just better to not say anything, you know? And I think having deep pockets is definitely useful. For people who want to be directors, <laughs> that, that's that, I don't think that's something that people can do. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if if you want, if you really want to be a director, and if you're talented at just, if you're good at like, let's say commerce, like, man, just just do the stock market, get a lot of money for like five <laughs> ten years, right, and mm-hmm. then go to film school if you want to for for like do a masters, mm-hmm. and then just you know, ball out on your own projects, like just nice. Know. Yeah. So you basically just gave life advice. If you're good yeah. at commerce, stock market, enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy. Or pass it. Come out. Like make Film a, if mm-hmm. you, yeah, if you can make like a million dollars, you know, just do that. Then go to college for two years. You have the money to do it. Mm. I, I have will to release a guide to being a director. <laughs> Step one: make a million dollars. Make a movie. I mean, if you look at the stories of like pretty much most directors, it's kind of like like if you know uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. He's like a pretty big like indie film director. He made yeah. Magnolia. If you've heard of that, uh, there will be blood. Phantom Thread. Mm-hmm. The Mask. He's yeah. he's you know he's like a perennial like Oscar nominee whenever he makes movies. When he first started making movies, he literally took out $20,000 in credit card debt in the 90s. So that's, if you adjust for inflation, that's like, I don't know, like $120,000 in credit card debt just to make the movie he wanted to. Like you have, if you don't have deep pockets, you just have to take risks like that, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) He also like uh, took money from his girlfriend or something like that. I (laughs) we would recommend analysis not to do that. (laughs) Step one A: get a rich girlfriend. girlfriend. Yes, that is also very useful. I mean, just get get a girlfriend who has connects in the film industry. Maybe you know. Mm -hmm. Also, I mean, you know, there's there's definitely there's there's a lot of kind of office positions like where you're not working these long hours if you're working offset you know for yeah. these production companies in like executive capacities it's essentially kind of like marketing or you know it's it's right. you know these jobs are you know there's fewer of those jobs but you know they exist and if you are interested in them it's worth pursuing especially like doing an internship somewhere it's you know, you get a chance to kind of work there full time later on. Yeah. Unfortunately, the company I worked for didn't last, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's just how things turn that's out a, sometimes. Yeah. That's a repeating theme. <laughs> 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 
Okay, I mean, I, 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 I was sure it would have like worked for them after I graduated. I would have moved to LA. I would have started working for them. But I mean, mm. <laughs> yeah, those people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I hit him up. I go, okay, bhai, job. Do. They're like, yeah. Bhai, <laughs> Okay, so final question to you, Siddharth. Um, what next for you? Like, ab aage kya for Siddharth? So, aage kya? All right. <laughs> so, abhi ke liye plan hai ki like I I want to get the artist visa that I'm applying for to stay in the US. Okay. So once I get that, I will be uh, looking to like direct another short film. I uh, for the last like. Six seven months or so, I I was marketing my previous short film um, for a while. Like I was trying to get into festivals and that sort of stuff. So mm. Abhi, the plan is I have a script ready. I have a couple of scripts ready, and I'm still like writing other stuff. But I want to. I've saved up enough money for a movie, uh, and that I'm going to be directing in February, ideally, uh, when things are a little calmer. And yeah. Uh, once I, yeah, so when, once the time comes, I will be directing a short film, and then for the next few months after that, I'm going to be marketing it, trying mm. to come up with other scripts. So the plan for now is keep hey, you know, grinding, working on set, getting money, so I can use that money to make films. You know, that's that's pretty much looking the life for right now. a rich girlfriend. <laughs> looking for a rich girlfriend. Like, <laughs> I already have a girlfriend, but she's like I thought she was rich, but she's not, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's kind of disappointing. <laughs> I, I hope I hope she's relatives. Which of this part we are keeping? Yeah, definitely we keep. This is going through the edit. Yeah, <laughs> this is going to make the final cut. <laughs> It's okay. I, I tell her that all the time. <laughs> I, I ask her, "Kibey, well, why aren't you rich? Why, why don't you have money?" <laughs> cool, man. That's that sounds awesome. You know that you have these scripts ready and you're all ready to you know take money and uh, uh, shoot take these. Money. Not not like not take money, but uh, <laughs> like you're uh, like you're ready to get money and then just do these films. So yeah, we wish you all the best and thank you so much for talking to us, man. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me on. Thanks a lot, Siddharth. Thanks for making time for us, yeah. and all the best for yeah. your future endeavors. Thanks, Ujwal. You're awesome. I love you. Okay. Thank you for having me. It was a it was a pleasure talking to you both, and uh, yeah, good luck with the podcast and everything. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and to all our listeners out there, the next episode drops on the twenty fourth of December. So stay tuned.